This is Working the Beat. It is Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thank you for joining us. Mike Colonel on side. I played golf yesterday. You ain't playing golf today. I figured it was going to be the last time I'm going to see that until June. Would that be a fair 90? In the 90s, yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess there's a shot in May because we're global warmed. But um, <laughs> I went to John Burns. Uh-huh. Hadn't been there in, in a while, but I know. I'm How's good. the course looking? It's not good. And I feel bad for him. Somebody's taking it over because Billy Casper apparently is getting out mm-hmm. in very shortly. And my it, friend. Is, is it the same group that's taking, uh, that's done Giniana, like the Giniana Golf Foundation? It, it, it's so confused right now because, and I can't get into all the details because some of them I'm not supposed to know, but my my friend is the guy who runs, he's like the pro there. I don't know if you call him the pro, but he runs the place. All right. And they're going to find out in, in a week or two, like what's going to happen. But they basically been told not to, not to spend any money, whatever. But I went out and it's just like, there's so much that needs to be done there. It's not like, and it's a shame because well, it, you know, it's a nice little course. It's, it's, not, it's also it's not, the end of the season. So I mean, part no, of no, it no, could no, be No, 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 but I'm talking about things like having like, like, uh, like, the, like if you're driving on a cart path and all of a sudden, like there's spots where the water has maybe the, the, the like there's ditches in the dirt and stuff and if you're not careful, because I usually drive my car pretty fast. And right. I was like going really slow yesterday because I didn't want to lose my back. Um, the greens weren't horrible. They were, but but it just felt good to get out there and and hit it around. And that's where I learned how to play golf. So yeah. I mean, you know, John F. Kern <laughs> coming up on. Yeah, I, I just got. That. I saw Gabe Kapler out there. He was. No. Yeah, coming up on today's show, uh, we're going to give our football picks later on. Uh, we'll talk Eagles Jets in the second half of this. Uh, after the picks, we'll talk Eagles Jets. But we're going to start with Matt Breen, uh, the Phillies beat writer for the Inquirer, um, who is under I, house arrest. Basically under house arrest. Yeah, he's got one of those little things on his ankle, and he can't. And it's just. Waiting for John Middleton to send the white smoke up and buzz and well, he, let he everybody know held, what's going on. He's being held hostage, but that's the nature of, of the business. Look, Whenever he, you have a job like this. The it, worst part of our business, the two things I hated the most, recruiting I couldn't stand. That, that was just, but that was, but job searches were horrible because they just are. They're just, you know, and I went through it at Temple. I, I didn't really go through it at Villanova. Um so much, but at Temple, and I didn't really go through it much. But I mean, the dump I went through, dump I went through, Glenn Miller. It it just it it, it it's it's consuming. But let's be honest. We thought this would be done by now. Oh, I mean, when you say we thought we would have answers, but by but, now. That, but but that's because we. When you say we, it's like once again the media sets the agenda. Well, he's got to do it by Tuesday. Well, why? Well, because we say so. As we as we record this on Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, the Mets have just fired Mickey Calloway. Right. So there are seven openings, I believe. And I don't think they were supposed to do that because wasn't news supposed to be done by now because they don't want it to interfere with the playoffs. And but but we, once again, we as media say, well, we expect. Well, that that's fine. That's what we expect. John Middleton can do whatever the heck he wants. I would have thought he would have had his mind made up. Well, but, we'll get into but that. obviously he's thinking about it. And you know what? It, I just hope whatever happens, it's the right move. You know, if, if, if we, we didn't want Charlie. We didn't want Doug. They won championships. I'm not saying Gabe's win the championship if he comes back. But, you know, um, it, 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 I mean, to me it shows that he's thinking. Now, maybe he's also thinking about the other guys. 
that might be involved in this. I don't know. Matt, Matt's going to yeah, tell I'm, us I'm more. We'll fill in with Matt on that. And then, you know, obviously our football picks. Uh, so our Philly show, which was supposed to be Tuesday, <clears throat> excuse me, which uh, got delayed a little bit because of everything that's going on with the Phillies or not going on with the Phillies. And our football show, kind of a one mismatch, kind of a a program tonight, uh, today. And so we'll kick it off here. It will be Matt Breen joining us here on Work of the Beat. Philly's beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, who thought he was going to have an offseason by now, I think. It's Matt Breen. Matt, how are you? I'm good, Kev. How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Um, Mike's here. Uh, one, what are these days like for you since I guess you really can't plan on doing much at this point until this whole issue of whether the manager goes or doesn't go gets he, settled. He didn't play golf yesterday. He did not play golf no, yesterday, no. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to take you to John Burns someday, pal. There we go. It's in our backyard, Mike. You so. got now. I learned how to play there. It's a, it's uh. He called it after himself. He called it John F. John Kern. F. Kern. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, you're just you're kind of waiting right now. You, you know, something's coming. There's an announcement, thumbs up or thumbs down. And I thought it would have came Monday. Thought it would have came Tuesday. Now it's Thursday, and I'm I'm not counting on it happening today, but. You never know. It could happen while we're on the phone right now. All right, so let's kind of go down line by line. What do you think the holdup is at this point? I think Matt Clentak is fighting for his man, and I think um, Gabe Kapler was like it was was on his way out. John Middleton, this is just my opinion on the matter, and I think Matt Clentak is trying to fight for his man, but but now. As the days go on, it makes you wonder, is there more at stake besides just Gabe Kapler and is, is Matt Klintak on the hot seat as well? Well, and, and that's the thing. Is Matt Klintak willing to risk his own job to fight for, for for Gabe Kapler at this point, I guess is the one question I would have off of that statement. I think, I think so because it's the, the GM, if he loses that power to, to decide who the manager is, then – how much power is he willing to yield when it comes to anything? You know, it, it was Jake Arrieta was a John Middleton decision. Bryce Harper was a John Middleton decision. Uh, John Maley being fired was a John Middleton decision. So so how much now is Gabe Kapler's future is in the hands of John Middleton? That might be the, the, the point where Matt Klintak has to fight back and, and fight for so he has his own power as GM. Matt, the, the thing that surprises me most in this is that I would have thought John would have had, like, have made a decision. But, I mean, I don't understand, like, were you wait, like, were you trying to learn something the last week? You know, I would have thought that about a week ago, or more than a week ago, I guess about 10 days ago, when it became apparent they weren't making the playoffs, and actually probably before that when it became apparent, but that, you know, why did he wait to say, like, after the season, now I'm going to sit down and think about all these things? That, that just surprised me a little bit. But, you know, it, if he's trying to be thorough, I understand. I mean, it's his money, it's his team. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. The season ended Sunday. It's now Thursday. They, they were eliminated from the playoff contention Wednesday, but that, so that more than a week ago since they they had zero chance of making the playoffs. But even further, when when you realize they weren't going to make the playoffs, so I, I don't know what the holdup is. You, you you should have been able to know by now who the manager is or if he's coming back or not. John Middleton was on the road for the last road trip of the season, getting a first-hand look. He, he's been talking to people, talking to players. I just, I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, regardless of how you view Gabe Kapler, you kind of got to feel bad for the guy. He, he doesn't know if he's the manager or not. Yes, he has a contract, but that contract is only, that only guarantees that he'll be paid next year. It doesn't guarantee that he's going to come back as manager. And hey, I'm sure this has been a pretty anxious, long week for him. And as just human beings, I think mm-hmm. you have to feel feel some uh, feel feel a little bad for him right now. Matt, I mean, if you if you look at it, you know, the one thing, uh, who does John Middle? This this is a question that I've been asking actually the last 24 hours since it, you know the word came out pretty much yesterday that nothing you know may get done until next week. Who's John Middleton confide in? Like, you know, John Middleton. I mean, but like, does he have people in the organization who are outside the Clintac, um, McPhail echo chamber, if you will, that he talks to that may be giving some blowback on, on the way the organizations run is, I guess, my main question, because there are a lot of old school guys still around there. Charlie. Um, yeah, I, I would guess that if, if he's considering if it's all about Gabe, he's going to his, then that means that which Clintag and McPhail are under contract for three more years. So right. it would be pretty crazy if they both got fired this week or next week. Um, but I'm sure he's confiding in them, trying to get an opinion on, on Gabe Kapler. He paid Bryce Harper $330 million this year. I'm sure he's confiding in Bryce Harper. Um, there's a lot of front office guys like you, you alluded to that are old school or have been there that precede Gabe, uh, Andy McPhail and Matt Clintac. I'm sure he's confiding in them as well. And it's just, if you go back to how they hired Gabe, they put him through a rigorous interview process where he talked to 30 people from the clubhouse staff all the way up to John Middleton. So I wouldn't be surprised if John Middleton is now going back to those people, whether it's clubhouse guys, um, any type of people that, that interviewed Gabe Kapler then, to see, well, what's your stance on Gabe Kapler now, two two years later, and the same with Matt Clintac and Andy McFell. How do they bring Gabe Kapler back if they decide to do so? Like, in a sense where, I mean, you you, you stretch this out and you just saw somebody within in the division who finished five games ahead of him in the division get fired, who was a second-year manager in the same circumstance. It, it, it It's a little bit of a, it would be a different kind of, 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 of decision to wait a week and then suddenly, yeah, we're bringing them back, you know? Yeah, it would be a, uh, like what kind of vote of confidence would that be in Gabe next season to come back as a lame duck manager and it also took a week before they even were going to bring you back. So if he comes back, it's going to be pretty awkward, I would assume. It's just, it, does, it doesn't seem like, it's, it still doesn't seem trending in that direction. Like I thought a week ago, it wasn't trending in that direction. But the more it waits, it's more you think about. It just be really weird if he came back after it took him this long to say yes or no. 
So you st- you think still though? I apologize, Mike. I, I asked a lot of these questions. You think that it's still likely that Clintac and McPhail are back? Yeah, I do because they have contracts. They're making a lot of money, um, and I think a lot of the moves that that Matt Clintac made, John Middleton was on board with them. But that's what they did the trade deadline. Um, what they did last off season. He loved what he did last off season. I think he's gonna he's gonna trust them still. But who knows? I mean, the longer there's silence, the more it makes your mind wander wander a little bit and, and really try to figure out what's go, what's actually going on. That press conference next week, if if he comes back, it's going to be one of the strangest press conferences in Philly history, and we've had a few. I mean, I mean, yeah. we, we've had Doug Moe, we, we've had, the, I mean, other guys like, but you're right, Matt, that that's going to be like, so, so if they get up there like on Wednesday and say, yeah, we're, we're, you know, Gabe's coming back and, and then they're going to make it sound like, well, he was under contract. Why would anybody think he wasn't coming back? <laughs> you know, or something like that. Yeah. They're going to, it's like, they're going to throw it back on you guys almost, but that is going to be like a weird situation. Yeah. And that's the thing that people are like, I'll get tweets. Well, yeah, of course he's, He's he do, he's still working. He's under contract. Right. Or you guys are making a big deal about this, and it's no, it's not because it was asked to Matt Clintac in Atlanta a week before the season. Is Gabe Kapler the manager for 2020? And he said he couldn't commit to him. He said we'll talk about 2020 after 2019's over. Well, 2019's over, and here we are. We don't know who the Phillies manager is going to be in 2020. Where do you think this season, beyond the obvious one, which was the lack of starting pitching? Where did the season go off the track? Well, so obviously the starting pitching was was a problem, but they thought they could counter the the lack of starting pitching by bolstering the bullpen. Well, then what happened was the whole bullpen got injured. So, so now you you're, you double down on the starting pitching by trying to cover it up with the bullpen, but now the starting pitching is awful and the the bullpen's hurt. So you, you just had zero pitching for really the first half of the season. The second half of the year, the bullpen was actually pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Aranola came in the form, so, so that gave you at least one, once every five days you had a, had a really good starting pitcher. But that was a problem. And then the other problem was that, all right, well, the Phillies aren't going to out-pitch anybody, but they'll out-hit everybody because they spend all this money and resources this offseason to get this lineup in an era where teams are just mashing the baseball. Yet, a uh, lineup with Bryce Harper, J.T. Romuto, and Reese Hoskins hit for league average, actually a little bit below league average in almost every offensive category. So they couldn't pitch, which they kind of expected, but then they couldn't hit, which they did not expect. And, and that, that's that's the really problem to me is that in an era where everybody's hitting, the lineup that was built to hit failed to hit. Matt, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember. How many games did they finish out of the second wild card? Like five? No, they finished five behind the Mets. Five behind. Okay, like what I'm. Okay, what I'm getting to is, is if McCutcheon had not gotten hurt, could they have won? Maybe not to get into the playoffs, but could they have won four or five more games, where at least everybody would have been sitting there and going, "Okay, they won 86." Um, you know, we wouldn't even be having these discussions about the manager, even though they wouldn't have made the playoffs. I mean, I think the McCutcheon loss was really a big loss to them. Yeah, then they couldn't find a new leadoff hitter once McCutcheon went down, and that was a problem. And McCutcheon, when you chart out the offseason, McCutcheon was, was supposed to be 
a piece, but he wasn't supposed to be the piece. He, he definitely outperformed his expectations, was on track for like a four war, which was just, you know, at his age was almost incredible. And to lose him, that was a blow, and they couldn't overcome that. And so it's, it's the McCutcheon injury and the bullpen injuries coupled together. That was the, bit, the big loss. But I, who knows? That happened in June. So maybe they're playing better in June with McCutcheon, and they go out and they get more aggressive at the trade deadline because they think the playoffs are more realistic. So we're not talking about did they finish four games better. Maybe they, they won the wild card if McCutcheon doesn't get hurt and, and everything else. Which You know, their mindset changes. Which goes back to the question about the manager. Was there anything this manager could have done that would have saved it? He couldn't. I mean, the pitching. He could have signed Keuchel. Was, <laughs> That's not the manager. <laughs> I don't think Gabe has enough money to go sign Keuchel <laughs> himself. But uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's a, a fair question because, you know, odds are Gabe Kapler gets, gets fired. But. Did Gabe Kapler really get a, a fair shake? And I say that because we talk about the trade deadline. Max Funtek decided, and Andy McPhail decided, that we're not going to make the, the, or the, the best case scenario, we're going to win the wild card and then lose to the Dodgers in the NLDS. Is that worth trading a big-time prospect to get a front-line starting pitcher? They said no. But, so, so they're allowed to play the long game, but then Gabe Kapler is going to be punished because he didn't make the playoffs, even though the front office said, well, we're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. So it just, to me, that it kind of doesn't, it's, he's going to fall on the sword for, for their, their choices and their mistakes. And it comes down to they could have made the playoffs if they, if you go back to January and December, if they signed Charlie Morin, who fits really well last night in the playoffs. Yeah, but- or if they get any Dallas Keuchel in June, but they didn't give Gabe Kapler a starting rotation, and now Gabe Kapler didn't make the playoffs because they didn't give you a starting rotation, and now Gabe Kapler's going to get fired because he didn't make the playoffs. But why did Gabe Kapler not make the playoffs? So, that, so, if the, so if this happens, is it a baseball decision or a business decision why Gabe Kapler will get fired? That, that's the other thread. Well, you spend all this money on a, on a roster, nearly a half a billion dollars, and – the baseball team is finally back in the, the good graces of the city. But why do people not like the Phillies? And to be completely honest and fair, it's because of the manager. For whatever reason, in the last two years, the city has not embraced Gabe Kapler. He's tried everything he can do to be embraced, but he's just its hes different. He's, he, it just doesn't seem like he's ever going to be embraced in Philadelphia just to, to lay it out there. And, and I think that's, that has to do with it, too, because – it's tough to when you run the business and you do everything you can to make your product likable, and then to have the one reason for people not to like it is that. And when it's when you're not winning, like if Gabe Kapler was winning and people still didn't like him, then whatever. Like you can put up with that because the product's winning and, and the seats are still being sold. Yeah, people but thought when, people thought that um, the football coach wasn't that good his first year. They thought a lot of the yeah. same things they think about Gabe. You know, he was Andy Reid's clone, this and that. They settled. Then he wins a Super Bowl. And now it's, yeah, you know, if, Gabe, if, if Gabe's playing in, like, the second round of the playoffs next year, nobody's but, going to carry these Gabe. But I think the one difference between, if you want to take the Doug example, the, the Charlie example, and the Gabe example, was Charlie was weird because of the, the accent. 
But I think people deep down. But if they didn't the win, level, but what Matt is saying to you, Kevin, is Charlie won. If Charlie hadn't won, we would have thought he was a buffoon. Okay, that was the pop. So if they didn't win and they won, that's fine. If Doug doesn't win in year two, if they if they go nine and seven again, he's 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 little Andy. He can't be little Andy, but he's little Andy. Yeah. If Gabe wins ninety games next year, he won't be Gabe the the the. They might not like him as much, but I'm just telling you, he won't be that stupid anymore. I mean, that's just that's just how sports works. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Mike's definitely right. I mean, if Gabe wins. Just like those other guys, you're 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 loved. But right now, that hasn't happened. They haven't won. They still don't like Gabe. So now it's like, well, if he wins, I mean, yeah, if if they win the World Series next year. But do you are you confident that that that's what's going to happen? That you're going to win 90 games based on what you've seen the last two seasons? And uh, I, it's a tough decision. There's so many different uh, layers to it and reasons why and who should go and who should stay. But I, I wish we had answers. I, I wish, you know, I, I, this is so strange. That's that why we turned to you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wish there was, you know, something happening Thursday after the season. And the manager is for 2020, which is, uh, you know, does not seem possible to me. Matt, looking back on, on the decisions, like I understand why they didn't want to, in the offseason, give up some of their value, because they don't have many valuable minor leaguers. I get all that. But Keiko wasn't going to cost them anything, right? Except money. Like money, and not a lot of money, relatively speaking. They just didn't like him for whatever reasons. And I'm okay with that, too. But now, when he's starting, like, game one of the of the uh, LDS. LDS, it makes you wonder about the people making those decisions. And that wasn't Gabe, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe okay. Gabe did have an input on that. Yeah, Gabe... It is the manager, but for a lot of the decisions, I do know that Gabe is involved and has okay. to say. But the loudest voice in those rooms is Matt Clintech, Andy McPhail, and the, the R&D department. And they didn't like that Dallas Keuchel is a ground ball pitcher, and he doesn't get enough striking pitches to contact. So they they didn't like they didn't like. They didn't think that he could be what he is right now, which is, like you said, game one of the NLDS. He's going to pitch for the Atlanta Braves. And like he said last uh, month at Citizens Bank Park, that the Phillies should be second-guessing themselves right now for not signing him. And they should. That was a huge mistake. It was it was pretty obvious that you needed a starting pitcher at that point. And I remember writing, well, they didn't sign Dallas Keuchel, but it'll be all right. Because I thought that meant you were saving that money to, to add something significant at the trade deadline and stay under the, the luxury tax. Instead, they went out and got Jason Vargas and Drew Smiley. So if that was the plan, it just doesn't – if that, that's what you knew you were going to do when you passed on Keuchel, it just – it doesn't make sense. Matt Breen joins us. Matt, if they do the, the change, make a change in the manager's office, do you see any way that – this GM and this president, presuming they survive, go after a big-name manager, a Joe Girardi, who may be a fit now in New York, Joe Madden, uh, Buck Showalter. Joe Girardi might be a fit in Chicago. Well. That's where he's from. Yeah. I don't know. Do you see them going after a big-name guy? Yeah, I think that that's who it, if it has, has to be. You have the brand name in right field. You need the brand name in the dugout. You need you can't you, you went with the you swung for the fences on a 
unknown in Gabe Kapler, and if, if you end up firing him, that means it didn't work out. And I think you need an established winner. These guys that you're naming, Joe Madden, Buck Showalter, Joe Girardi, they've been, in, they've been to the postseason multiple times. They've won World Series. They've been managers of the year. They know how to get it done. And the one thing that it's more about the name, you need somebody who is going to embrace analytics because, like it or not, every team, especially the teams that are yep. still playing, use analytics. It's not – it's such a – like a – it's a curse word. Like, you can't say it, but it's, it's just information. It's not – it's nothing bad. And then uh, you need someone that's going to have some feel, too. And that you, need, you need to be able to play both ways and, and mix them. And I think especially Joe Mann and Joe Girardi have shown – the ability to do that in the modern game. So, so Matt, let's say, because now you got a lot of teams out there looking for managers. And I like the three guys, Kevin's name. I would be okay with any of those guys. But let's say you're the Phillies and you get rid of Kapler. And Girardi winds up in New York or, or you know, and Buck winds up somewhere or, and Madden goes to the – or whatever. You don't get any of those guys. Does that make you look even worse if you if then you announce a guy who people once again kind of go, huh? You know, and I don't know who that guy would be. A um, Dust, let's say Dusty Waffen. Yeah, throw that out there. And he, and he might be a good choice for all I know. I mean, I you know, who knows? But I just think I agree with you and Ke- I think this team needs Joe Girardi or or Buck. Um, you know, something like that to to like you say, get the get the city energized like you did with Harper last year. Yeah, no doubt. You need to if you're firing Gabe Kapler, you this isn't the nineteen ninety eight Phillies where it doesn't really matter. Like you, you need to hit a home run with this hire. You're, this team is ready to contend. Um, they were built to contend this season. They obviously didn't, but they're still gonna be built to contend in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one and you can't m- make a mistake with the manager hire. It's gotta be a home run and, and it would help if just for public perception, if it is a guy that, that because imagine if Joe Madden gets hired tomorrow or Joe Girardi. I mean, the city would love it. And, it, you know, baseball would be back just like it was before the season. And uh, I think that that's what's going to happen. You're going to, if Gabe Kapler's fired, I think you're going to see them go out and get an established baseball manager. It's not going to be some guy you never heard of or some guy you have to Google because who the heck is this guy? I think it's going to be a guy with a track record of success. And that's what this is. A, it's a clubhouse with a lot of veterans that have had success, and that, that's what they need, a manager that's had it as well. And the fascinating part on that, uh, to, to me, Matt, would be how do you mix personalities in that? Because, look, the analytics department has been very active in everything that's going on there. Uh, agreed. If you bring in one of these own uh, these big-name guys, they have a certain amount of power. Will Matt Clintac and the analytics department, too, be able to play nice with them? You well, know? Joe Girardi's an analytics guy. Yeah, but he's also a big personality. Yeah, well, I think that's what you need. But I don't know if they've had those type of, of clashes in that office. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah, I think anybody they bring in is going to be smart enough to know that, like I said, it's not, there's no, in around baseball right now, there's no separation of church and state between front office and the manager. They're, they're almost extensions and, Every manager that comes in is going to understand that that Matt Klintak is going to have a, some type of input with the team, and there's going to be an R&D department giving you information. It's just a matter of how you use that information and how you work together. And I thought Gabe Kapler worked really well with, with the front office and 
um, with the R&D department. I don't know if a man, Philly's manager, honestly, has worked harder than Gabe Kapler. He's in the office like, almost every day early, stays mm-hmm. super late, and he's you, you can say what you want about him. The guy works hard. Oh. It, so far, it just has not worked, and I think you're going to need to – if you make a change, you're going to have to find an, an established guy who has won, and this is an attractive job. There's a lot of good players in that clubhouse. Obviously, Bryce Harper and a, fr- a front office that's willing to spend money. So I think they're going to have no trouble attracting uh, one of those talented managers. All right, Matt, even with all the, the changes out there and the different jobs out there, okay, you know, the Cubs are attractive. I would think the Mets are attractive. You find this still as an upper-tier job of the jobs available? Yeah, I, I think you you have Bryce Harper. You have... Um, JT Romuto, you have a pretty uh, Reese Hoskins. Or, or you have Noah. A, a lineup that, yeah, you have Aaron Noah, you have an elite starting pitcher, but just a lineup wise, you have things to work with. You have a starting pitcher in Aaron Noah. You don't really know what else you have in the rotation right now, but you have a, an owner that showed last offseason he's willing to spend money. Yep. He's willing to win. He wants to win. You're coming in where the expectations are that you're going to win and you're playing and you're going to manage in one of the best baseball markets in the country. So I, I think it's, there's a lot, there are attractive jobs. Chicago Cubs obviously is an attractive job, but I, I think this is, and the Mets have talent, but the Mets also have a dysfunctional ownership group. Yeah, that's so true. I think the Phillies is an attractive job. I, I think I would be shocked if, you know, ma- managers are turning down the Phillies to go to some of these other jobs that have become open. And, and the thing last year, when you got Harper, it gave you a degree of credibility. Like you said, the, the owner saying, okay, we're, we're playing. We're, we're and then I think, but I think your manager doesn't give you that, you know, at least up to this point. And I think bringing in one of those three guys would once again put the Phillies out there as, okay, here, here's a team that, that's willing to go for it. Uh, you know, after finishing fourth in a disappointing season, I think it's almost imperative for them to get one of those three. And I'm, I'm thinking that they're going to be in a bidding wars for, for those guys. Uh, you better get moving quick, though. That's the other risk yeah. of what they're doing this week, that they're Dusty Watham. Well, no, no. But the ri- the risk <laughs> is that you, you, that you yeah. lose out on those three you lose guys. lose out on one of the three guys you may want, you know? Or all three. Matt, would you agree there's, yeah, a, ri- there's yeah. a risk there? Yeah, I mean, Joe Madden's not going to take a job this week, but – you're, you're every day that you you miss out on making a change. If you're making a change, you are you are hurting yourself, and you would think that sooner rather than later. And then on the manager, just they, every offseason move they made last season, Matt Klintak would talk about how this moved the needle. And that's what they need to do at the manager position. They need to move the needle. If, they, if they're partnering with Gabe Taffler, it's got to be a guy that moves the needle. And I, I think, like, you know, you guys have been saying there's plenty of guys out there right now that are willing to move the needle. We'll get into, I'm sure, later in the offseason, I'm sure we'll get into individual players. But if there's one player on the current roster that's a name, beyond the Francos and all that, that are probably going to get moved, is there one most likely guy who could go out of this group? Gene Segura. Okay. I just, because I, I, I look at Scott Kingery, he plays a great shortstop. Um, he just didn't seem to fit in that well here, just uh, offensively. And if you're playing Scott Kingery at a set position next year, and if you play him at shortstop, you could get Cesar Hernandez for, you know, an affordable 
final year of arbitration. And I think I'm not, I'm just pulling the name. No, no, I, I understand. I mean, I'm not going to hold you to it, but. And, and it could, uh, you, maybe you get some value. Maybe somebody wants, wants a Gene Segura under club control for a couple more years. And that could be a guy that, that gets moved to, to, uh, to get you that starting pitcher. I don't know how much value he has, but, but he would have something. Mike, last now, question. Last question. And it's a two-parter, actually. The third baseman who's down there, Bone, is he going to be, and I don't think he'll be the starting guy on opening day because I think they'll keep him down there till May for the arbitration stuff and all that kind of crap. Is he the future third baseman, and is the pitcher that's down there that everybody seems to like? That, Spencer Howard. Yeah. Like, is he going to be part of this? Like, do I have two new guys that by Memorial Day next year that are going to be up here hoping to contribute? Yes. You okay, go, go good. Be- by May 15th. I don't know if he's the future third baseman cuz I'd like to see him at AAA first. Okay. He's he's ready to he's ready to hit in the major leagues. It's just a matter of like you said arbitration. Same with Spencer Howard's ready to pitch in the major leagues. Same thing, arbitration. They'll both start the season at AAA, but they'll be up in May and that that's the thing to look forward to that that there's reinforcements coming this year where where this year you were kind of hurting that that their upper upper levels of made uh, minor leagues weren't as good as, as they they could have been. You just made me feel better. He did. That's yeah, what that's what I'm not. No, I no really because you see all these other teams bringing up well, guys who are good. Well, the, and we've bought a couple, but right. the concern know. with Spencer Howard though, Matt, is the is the lack of innings he threw this year. Correct. Yeah, but he's gonna he's in the Arizona Fall League right now, and he's I I think he's fine. He I'm sure there'll be some type of innings limit next season, but nothing crazy. He's he's going to pitch over close to 100 innings this year, right? Right. Um, so I don't know. I I don't. I'm not really too worried about that. And a lot of concerns about the baseballs and the race teams and the, the different ball from Double A to Triple A, but. Everybody uses the same baseball once you get to the major, so yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll learn how to pitch with it, Matt, and I think it's just a matter of time till till you see him. Matt Breen from the Inquirer. Matt, uh, hopefully at some point you'll get to enjoy a little bit downtime here as, instead of being on. What are you thinking, Matt? Like Tuesday? Uh, well, pitchers and catchers report middle of February, so <laughs> hopefully before then. I don't know. <laughs> do Do you think it'll be next week at this point? Yeah, I guess it seems safe. It's already Thursday, one one fifteen on Thursday. I don't think it's going to happen today, so I'll I'll go next week. All right, Matt. It's, it's good just, good whatever. good luck with that. Could <laughs> I, no, oh, it could be worse. It's just it's just the anxiousness. Well, we know that John will be in town on Sunday in, in Jeff's box. You know, for the Eagles game, so you guys can maybe get a credential out of him. You know, get to the Eagle game. You know, maybe Jay Madden will be in the box like Roger. Ooh. Clemens. And Mike Trout will be there, and there'll be a trade and all yeah. that. So there you go. Yeah, the, whole, the whole Phillies team for Mike Trout. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Matt. Matt Breen joins right. us. There you go. Our thanks to Matt Breen for joining us. Uh, Don't you feel better now though, having talked to him? I, <laughs> I'm interested that that Matt, as Matt said, that the idea, the longer this goes, <clears throat> that it's more likely. It's already went too long. But it's more likely there's a shakeup on the levels up above. I don't think so. I I, I just think they're trying. I, I don't. I just think you make for a real awkward situation if now you bring him back. If on Tuesday or Monday you had said, "Hey, well, no, no, we're bringing I'm him not, back," I'm going the opposite. I know what you're saying, but I just I, I don't I don't think Clentac or McPhail are, are are gone unless. 
God forbid Clint acts stupid and goes in and does like what Pat Croce did 20 years ago and tries to pull a power play with the owner when Pat Croce tried to get control of the Sixers or whatever he was trying to do and basically lost. So if Clintac goes in and says, well, if you get rid of Kapler, I'm going too. Okay. okay. I mean, I, and maybe that's what he's doing. Like Matt said, he's trying to sell his guy. I get that. And and maybe Middleton's just saying, okay, let me digest this. for the, But I don't think McPhail, I don't think after you give guys extensions like that and make a big deal about it, um, even though the news came out, well, I, they, did, I, I they didn't make a big deal. No, but, you, but if you radar. give somebody a three-year extension, you know, I don't think you're firing them eight months later. That's just me. Well, the circumstances okay. did change. I understand that, but I, I just, I I just think, don't see this massive, I'll be massive honest, shakeup. I'll be honest. If there is a change and only one of those two go, it should be McPhail. I think it's Andy. Because I there's agree. no redeeming factor. But in the what only Andy reason that Clentac's here is because McPhail. So if you let McPhail go, you're, you're going to let Clentac go. I understand. But, but I could see John saying, okay, I believe in Matt and I believe everything. But I can also see him looking at, at Andy and going, okay. How can you every believe time in you Matt Clentac? Hold on. No, no. I'm saying I could see John saying it. I don't. I don't think John's that stupid. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't but I can also see John looking at what Andy did. And every time he opens well, then they his all, mouth, well, then he screws they, up. Then they all go. I mean, I don't think it's one of these where the last man, the only man standing is Matt Clentak. I can't see it. Because all you got to do is look at the far and say, well, okay, Matt, what have you done? What has Matt done? I made a couple good trades last offseason. I mean, they got, they got Segura. They got the catcher. They had to give up a lot to get the catcher. But everything else has just been John Middleton throwing money out, which is what owners do. I mean, that's yeah. a good thing. But... I mean, if they have a press conference next Monday, Tuesday, whatever, and say Gabe's coming back, that'll be one of the weirdest press conferences, like I said, in Philly history, and that's that's a mouthful. Yep. So who knows? You ready? You ready to do some football picks? Do whatever you want. Um, just point me where you wanna go. Take me to the action. Take me to the track. Take me to a party. If Ah, yes, Mike. No easy money these days, though. You know, last week. I actually did pretty well at the NFL last I, week. I was 5-2 and two on betters insider in the colleges. Uh, and I could easily go 2-5 and five this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, And I won a teaser in the pros, teasing the Bills and the uh, Clevelands up in two games where you like the, I like I t- the I t- other t- side. This, and- um, this is why... Teasers yeah, I, are stupid. I know, I, I know, know, and I try to have fun with them. But the problem with betting is people like us, we're always looking at the favorites. Always. Mm-hmm. And we always sit there and go, well, that favorite can't lose. And then you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, Kansas City's trying to come back against Detroit. And it's just, that's the nature of the NFL. It doesn't make sense. There are very few things in the NFL that make sense week to week to week to week. And that's the problem. You got to kind of try to be ahead of that. Learning, whatever. All right. You ready? We're going to start with colleges? Start with the colleges. Right, now, go first. No, well, once again, I have I wrote these down last night because we're doing it earlier than we would usually do it. Get, so, give all yours together, by the way. So. I, I, well, I'm not going to give every... I, I'll give you... Now, I'm tempted by this one, but I don't think... Oklahoma's giving 32 to Kansas. I know Oklahoma can't keep winning every game by 40 or 45 or 50. But damn, 
Kansas, and I told you last week I like to go against teams. Uh, same thing, like Maryland's at Rutgers giving 12. I don't know what to make of Maryland now, but I know, but I'm not going to play them. I, I'm going to get my, my guy in Toledo, who has treated me pretty well this year, says to give the one and a half against Western Michigan at home. So I'm going to give the Toledo Rockets and ride the Rockets in the MAC. One and, a half. and that line's going down. Yes, it is. So I don't know what that means, but I'm going to take the Toledos. Good. Your next pick? Right, you want me to get we'll ball? do them all together. Okay. Trying, I'm to, gonna take, trying to add a little organization here. And I'm, I'm going to take the Armies. Taking the Armies? three at home to, to Tulane. I don't know what Tulane is. I think Tulane's okay. They beat Houston on a weird play three weeks ago. But turn that music down. The music's too loud. <laughs> um, it doesn't hear loud in the background. In the And it's Army at home. Okay. You know, it's Army, and Army's pretty good. And the whole thing in that game is probably, does Army get ahead early? Because if Army falls behind early, it makes it tougher for them. They'll throw four passes. But I don't think Tulane sees a lot of that. So I would take them. And then I've, I've got a lot written. But, but the third one, I, I was actually considering UCLA. I might throw them out on Better's Insider, and I, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But they're giving six to Oregon State. Yeah, they're they're a Oregon major State's favorite. not good. No, um, they're not. But I think I'm going to take the Cincinnati's getting four at home against the UCF's. Okay. And I know UCF's really good. They lost a couple weeks ago. It was like their first regular season loss in in 20 games or 25 games. Cincinnati's pretty good, and they're at home. And I think this is going to be almost like their. This this game probably decides the East in the in the ACK. ACK me up. The ACK? Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take so I got the Cincy's getting four, the Army's getting three, and the Toledo's laying a point and a half. All right, I'm gonna start I'm start. gonna start with the service schools not named Army. Wait, wait, for sure, one quick real quick. What do you think of the Oklahoma, Kansas? Or the Maryland Rutgers? Or did, did they- I like Maryland. Because Rutgers is a Rutgers train wreck. Stinks, right, and, and yeah, and I actually like Oklahoma too. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to lay thirty two. Oh, friend of mine out in that neck of the woods too told me Bowling Green and Akron might be the two worst teams in existence. He said <laughs> Notre Dame will cover the forty five. Yeah. I can't lay forty five. I can't lay forty five either. He but just Notre said Dame will, Notre Dame just, will probably cover it. Yeah, just a thought. Just a thought. Thank you. All right. So as we switch on here. All right. I'm starting with service schools, not named Army. Air Force travels east this week. They'll head down to Navy Marine Corps Stadium, Annapolis, Maryland. We've been there. Yeah. It's pretty nice. It is very. It's a, it's a great. It's, go- it's a gorgeous campus. I mean, the Army, the Navy, and the Air. I've never been to the Air Force. So I'm assuming you're looking out at the Rockies. That's pretty West cool, po- too. West Point. West Point's amazing. Amazing. Especially at this time of year when you get into the foliage. Yep. Um. Air Force is a three and a half point favorite on the road. I'm going to take Navy. I think Malcolm Perry, who's their quarterback, I who, would lean that way. I, I think you know Malcolm Perry. He doesn't throw a lot, but he gives him a bit of a dual threat. He's thrown 26 times here so far. He's run for 275. He could throw for three. He's thrown for 336. He's got seven touchdowns. Does Air Force still play like the option? Yeah, so not as much. Not as much. Okay. They've become more of a hybrid. Gotcha. I'll take Navy at home. Navy at home's tough. I get Air Force maybe the better team. If this was a neutral site game, I would probably well, say. Part yeah. of this is that Navy stunk last year. 
yeah. a rare And Navy's season. coming off a loss last yeah, week and to, to Memphis. So you're probably getting a little bit of value there. Um, I, I would consider that like a pick em game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, just a, I'm just a fan of – I'm a fan of, uh, one, their head coach. I love I love Navy's head coach. Yep. I think he's really good. I think the Army head coach has done a hell of a he's job. Done, yeah. God. So I'm going to take Navy – Lay the three or get the three and a half. You might as well as a home dog. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's at home. They're at a Saturday night game. What ABC is thinking? I have no idea. This is this is where you see oh two ranked teams. There's a big difference between Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State is arguably the second best team in the country right now. The way they're playing. Okay. They're laying 20 at home. Michigan State cannot score. Their offense is not... Their, their defense is very good, but they can't score. And I'm using one of Kern's golden gambling rules, which is if you don't think a team has a is going to win the game outright, don't just take the points. But those teams sometimes do cover. They sometimes do yeah. cover. Yeah. The problem with teams like Ohio State and Oklahoma... And there's and even, I guess, an Alabama or club, club, those kind of teams. They don't cover every week. And sooner or later, there's going to be a week, and this may not be the week. Um, but there's going to be a week where you know, they only win by 10 instead of winning by 30. And you just got to hope. And that's why, in a perfect world, what you should probably do is play Ohio State every week. Yep. And you'll probably cover eight, eight of the 12 times. My last pick, I'll take Auburn on the road. Playing three at Florida. I think Auburn is the better football team. They played the tougher schedule. Florida is... Well, they are the better football team because they're a visiting team going on the road against a good team in their favor. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, clearly the better team. I'm not sure this is going to be close. I'm not... Florida, I'm not in love with. They've been okay. They've played pretty good defensively. I don't know if their offense can really keep up with Auburn, though. So, I'll take Auburn. I'll lay the three against Florida. Okay. So those are the college picks. And there, there, one, one, I just wanted to throw. Oh, there, there was actually a couple other games. Go. Iowa you got till the end of the music. Well, Iowa State's getting three and a half at home against TCU. I think Iowa State's going to win that game outright. So I may throw them out on Better's Insider. And one game I wanted to throw at you because I don't really have an opinion on it. Michigan is giving I think three and a half to Iowa. I like Iowa at home. Okay. Well, you like it because you like their coach. Oh, that's basketball. I'm sorry. No, but I still like Iowa because I think Iowa. I think. Honestly, Michigan, Michigan's a tough team to get a read on. That's right, but I think Michigan could win this game, and, and I'm not, I'm not like in love with Iowa. That's why I'm staying away from it. I'm just not playing it because I had Michigan last week against the god awful Rutgers, and it was fifty two zip. So because Rutgers stinks. Next week is really the biggest week of college football to this point. Would you agree? You have USC, you have, you have USC, Notre Dame. Uh, that's only if you think Notre Dame can still get in the playoffs, which is going to be real. I know all the Notre Dame people think they can. They better hope Georgia goes 13-0. Because if Georgia go, loses well, a game, you know, they, if Georgia loses a game, listen to me, Georgia loses a game, Notre Dame is not getting in the playoffs. No, I even understand. if they go 11-1, because Georgia would get in ahead of them, and uh, I don't know where that would leave Georgia, like in the SEC, if it would be in the title game, if it wouldn't be in the title game. And, you know, I know if you're a Notre Dame person, you got to sit there and let, and, and, you know, and I'm not sure I want Notre Dame back in the playoffs after the last, after last year, but 
Or was it the last two years? Did they get no, no, last, last year? year. Okay. Just last year. But hey, you know, last, yeah, year, Oklahoma, should, yeah, last Oklahoma, year shouldn't have anything to do with this year. You also have Oklahoma, Texas yeah, next week. That'll, that, that'll decide first place probably, but they could wind up playing again. Penn State, Iowa next week. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a big game for probably for runner. Well, you know, I guess and, that division. And, no, and, no, no, but no, Penn State is not winning that division. But and Florida LSU is the other one. Well, if Florida wins this week, yeah, I mean, if Florida has to go, if, look, if Florida doesn't beat Auburn at home, they're probably not winning at LSU. No, probably if they not. beat Auburn at home, then that's a huge game. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I still don't think they're winning at LSU. But thoughts on the Owls, Owls tonight? By the way, I couldn't bet ECU. No, I couldn't. The, the owls. That's a in lot fact, of points, in, fact, in fact, I didn't say that. I, I forgot to say anything. I would. I would probably play the owls. I think it's ten and a half. Is it yeah. 10, okay, that's a lot. At home, the owls' defense is great. You were there last week. They were really at good. At home, they don't give up anything. What they're going to give up on the road on a Thursday night? I'm not sure the crowd's going to be as big a factor as you would normally get, like on a Thursday. I was down there. Few years ago, for a Temple ECU game, it's it eleven actually, and a half. By the way, okay, it was actually an important Temple ECU game. Temple went down, or I think one twenty four fourteen. They scored a late touchdown. Um, I would have to play the Owls if I played either side of this game. I I couldn't. I don't know a lot about ECU, but Temple's the better team. And by the way, it's the weather forecast that kickoff is ninety one degrees down there in Greenville. Well, you know, it could be a factor. I mean, I, you know, the Owls haven't. I mean, you know, it, it comes into play. But there again, see, I think the Owls get ahead early and then just like pound and pound mm-hmm. and pound and let their defense. I could see a game like uh, uh, 24-7, 24-10. I don't think they're going to blow them out necessarily, but I think th- I think they would cover the 11 and a half. All right. We move now to the NFL as we enter week five. They play for pay. And so here we go. Week five NFL. I'll give it the kickoff on this one. Again, four and one last week. Only a stupid teaser. I'm going to take one. You your other four. I no teaser was not an official one. No, I, no, but I think D- I gave five out last week. I lost on oh, New England. Oh, I lost on it by a point. Oh, wait, New wait, 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 wait. Did you have the, uh, the, um, the Ravens last week? That was the teaser. Oh, 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 teaser. oh. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm Chiefs sorry. and Ravens and the teaser. I got you. Okay. All right. This week, no teasers. I got four, though, coming up. Go ahead. I'll take the Saints. Laid three and a half at home against the Buccaneers. You know, the Buccaneers, second street week on the road, coming off a big, a big performance last week offensively by Jameis Winston. I just don't think they can go and win a second straight road game. Look, Teddy, yeah, the Raven, or the Saints defense is really good. They kept that team in the game last week while Teddy Bridgewater was. I'm awful. gonna let you in on a secret. Yeah, if that I think on paper was their two toughest games without Breeze. If Breeze gets back, and they've only lost like one of those games, I'm telling you right now. They're going to have home. They're advantage. the team that's going to, that might go to Super Bowl if yeah. if Breeze is okay. Like yeah. I don't know what his right hand's going to be like, um, but they are good. Here's the other thing: Buccaneers are two and zero away from home right now. I don't count on that going to three. I don't think they're good enough to get the three and zero. They just beat the Rams in L.A. Yeah, I don't. And they go to London next week, so they. Or like in well, the that's middle. the week where you're picking against them. Yeah, that's... Are they playing the Jags? 
Is it the Jags again? I, Jags always go to London. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the Jags week to go. Jags are like 5-0 and in London. They're, they're tremendous they in London. They get the Panthers in London next week. Okay, that'll be interesting. That will. So I'm going to take the Saints. Okay. That's my first pick. Second pick, taking the Bills. Bills on the road, and Bills just played a really good defensive game last week against New England. They actually were the first team that kind of showed a couple flaws in the Patriots. Of course, the Patriots' defense is not one of them. The Patriots' defense is outstanding. Um, They're getting three against the Titans, a Titans team that is very inconsistent. This is the week I think the Buffalo Bills make it feel like, make you feel like they're a legitimate contender. They're not. For a wild card. And mm, I maybe. think the Bills, I'm going to go the other way. I think the Bills come out and, and find a way to to get to get a a victory. So if you're giving me points with the Bills, I'll take that. By the way, the over under on that's 38 and a half. There's a lot of over-unders that are, like, low. This is a strange week for lines because there's you a always lot of think, strange You ones. always think there's scoring in the NFL is up, but there's a lot of, you know, because teams are playing defense now. There's a, there's a lot of teams around the league that have pretty stingy defenses. The Eagles are not one of them, but that's okay. Meanwhile, we were talking about the Patriots. Patriots go on the road this week against the Redskins. The line is 15 and a half. That's a lot. There's two double-digit lines, and we'll get into the third, uh, the other one in a minute. I love New England. I think New England takes advantage of a Redskin team that doesn't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. A Redskin team that has major problems in their secondary. I think this the only way that the Patriots don't cover is if Bill Belichick somehow eases off the gas pedal. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I'll lay the 15 and a half. Okay. Is that it? That's it for me. That's my three official ones. And then we have the Eagles. We'll talk about later. I was thinking, I was thinking about new England. I, I just hate on principle lane, but I couldn't bet Washington, but yeah, uh, I'm going to take tonight. The Seattle's. I thought about that game laying a point and a half to the LA's and, and maybe it's bad betting against the LA's the week after they just lost at home to the Tampa's. But I just think Seattle's going to... It seems to me like that line should be more like a three, three-and-a-half line. And maybe the line doesn't even come into play. I, I But I, I like Seattle at home. Can you imagine how loud that place is going to be on a Thursday, Thursday night, night up there? I mean, and may, like I said, maybe the Rams come out and score two quick touchdowns, and that doesn't matter. But I'm going to take Seattle. I like... I actually put... Four, I, I like your New Orleans play. Because I don't think Tampa's going to go there and win... It could be a close game. I, I like what Bruce Arians is doing with Jameis Winston. He's actually got him playing better. But I would take the Saints. And the other, there's actually two other games. I was looking at Indianapolis getting 11 at KC. It always scares me betting against KC or betting against the, 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 the Pats or whatever. Indy's coming off a bad effort last week. Yep. And maybe that's asking too much. Maybe, you know, KC was close last week. Cause, but I'm, 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 I'm leery because you got to score points. In Kansas City. I'm not sure. So the third game I'll go with is Dallas laying three and a half to the pack. Ooh. And I know the pack's coming off. It's going to have extra time to get ready. They just didn't. I don't know who the running backs are. I mean, they they look like a team. I think Dallas is going to run the ball. Uh, What's his name? Had like 35 yards last week. Yeah. They, They did. 
He ain't going to have 35 yards this week. Elliot. Elliot's going to go for, I'm going to say, between a buck 25 and a buck 50. Now, Aaron Rodgers can always beat you because he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what Devontae Adams' status is. I mean, maybe always. Sounds like he's going to be out. Okay. But that's even more reason. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, I don't think Dallas is losing this game coming off a loss in New Orleans where they looked not real good. Their offense, I expect them to score some points this week. I know Mike Patton was doing a really good job with the defense. I, I see this kind of like a, I don't know, 27 17 kind of game. 20, I don't know. But I think the Cowboys are going to figure out a way to win at home. And I don't think three and a half is enough to dissuade me. So there you go. And the over-under on that game is 47. I would lean towards the under on that one. The yeah, problem is when you got Prescott and Rodgers, I don't know. I mean, that's like 27-20. That's like, I don't know. I don't. I have a tough time sometimes getting into over-unders because when I try to sit there and, and then every time I think the under's too low, so I have to bet the over, it's a 10-3 game. You know, I know the Bears, I think the Bears line, the over-unders really. Bears are five and a half. It's dropping. And who are they playing? Oakland in London. Oh, it, oh that game's in London. I didn't realize it was in and London. And the Bears don't have their starting quarterback. Chase Daniel is going to start. Yeah, but I don't know if that – Mitch wasn't – I mean, yeah, Mitch is better <laughs> than Chase. I get it. But what's the over-under in that game? 40. Because the Bears just don't score a lot. I mean – I'll def- be honest, they're the Raiders. And their defense is great. I mean, it's – you know, I, I there's some games where I just sit there and go, stay away. Just – this is this is a strange week, and, and you know this is not a pick, but you know if you want to look at it, the Vikings are playing the Giants now. Do you believe the Giants after beating? I don't the think Buccaneers, the Giants are going to beat them, but, but I don't the line the is Vikings, five and a half. I know that's why. I, and now you have there's an added uh, mystery of Stephon Diggs is apparently throwing a uh, temper tantrum and indicating he would like to be moved out of Minnesota because mm. of the Kirk Cousins situation. So okay, so yeah. Just just throwing it out there. You have that. Uh, there is this report, by the way. Is Once we, they go out in the field and they start playing, that, that ain't going to matter. No, but does it impact your your prep? No, I think what impacts their prep is that they lost last week and scored six points. And the then the quarterback apologized for his performance and said he was going to do it. And, and the other thing is the Giants aren't that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they've I, – look, I know they've played – yeah, they played the Redskins last week. The Redskins stink. The Redskins are one step above the Dolphins, right. pretty much, and the Jets. Uh, but I think the Vikings will figure out a way to win the game. Will they win it by more than five and a half? I, I, I you know, because the Giants now think like they're two and two. Yeah. So all of a sudden, the Giants are like, "Hey, if we if we somehow win this game, yeah, we're three and two, and nobody thought we'd be three and two. Uh, Rich Samini, who's the longtime beat writer for the Jets, now with ESPN, uh, tweeted out as we were talking here. Uh, within the last hour, Jets are hopeful that Sam Darnold will start Sunday. He quote looked good yesterday. Adam Gay said everyone everything looks normal. Looks like it's going to be about the test results on Friday. Uh, Gase confirmed Darnold took a lot of reps yesterday. The Jets only have one other quarterback on the roster, and that's Luke Folk. An indicator as confidence level in Darnold is trending upward. Okay, does that make a difference in Eagles Jets? Might make a difference in the fourteen. You know, if the Eagles lose this game, then shame on them. It's worse than losing. With an extra week. It's worse than losing to Detroit. They they were a six and a half point favorite over Detroit. Yeah. They're a 14 point favorite. And I'm not saying the Jets might play better this week. They Maybe. But when a quarterback hasn't played in three or four weeks, 
and he's a second-year quarterback who's not surrounded by a, a boatload of talent, I'm assuming that he's still going to struggle a little bit. If he comes out there and looks like Johnny Unitas, then that says something about Jim Schwartz and the Eagles' defense. And I know the Eagles have lots of issues in the secondary. I get, but this to me is a kind of week where Carson Wentz is going to have a good game. Um, th- th- you know, he's going to do what he does. Like I said, will they cover the fourteen? I, I don't know. That that sometimes can, but but I could see this game getting out of control. Well, yeah. and the and the other portion of this, and the Eagles is, need a game that gets out of control in the right way. They they can't keep playing all these games that go down to the final minute. If Darnold plays or not, the main guy that the Eagles have to look out for because the 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 Jets. I don't think can stretch the field as far as they can't go deep. Okay. The biggest concern against the jets is what do you do against Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield? Can their safeties, can their Le'Veon Bell's done what this year? Nothing because he's well, he done. Hasn't he, it was good week one when Darno was there. He didn't play for a year guys. I'm not saying he stinks. I don't mean he stinks, but he's not the Le'Veon Bell that we're all thinking of. From the, the Jets' whole whole thing this year was we're going to we're going to give him 350 touches and and use him and, and and take advantage of the fact that he didn't play last year so he got and then he, he immediately gets hurt because that's what guys do that haven't played for you. Look, if you're the Eagles, yeah, you're going to stop. You want to stop Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the Jets are or in the Eagles' ballpark, and they shouldn't be. If this game were up in were were being played up in New York, I'd still think the Eagles should win comfortably. The fact that it's in your building where you just lost a game to Detroit two weeks ago and now you're going on this really hard stretch in front of you. I mean, come on, just go out, take care of business, let everybody laugh a little bit in the fourth quarter and, you know, you either win by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, ten points, whatever. The Jets, we should point out, had a bye last week. Mm -hmm. So they're coming in. Jamison Crowder. uh, had 20 receptions, has 20 receptions for him for 164 yards. But the Eagles have had extra time off, too. Right. No, no. Levy and Bell, 20 catches, 121 yards, mm-hmm. one touchdown. They have one receiving touchdown to this point. Yeah, because their quarterback. And Bell. They had no quarterback. And, and they have no rushing touchdowns. And they, 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 That's they, almost impossible. Well, you know, look, they, they didn't have a lot of talent around Darno. And then when he goes down, now you're, throw, you're throwing some quarterback in there that, that shouldn't be playing with no talent around him. And their defense, they've taken some injuries. They, they're, they're just not a real good team. I mean, you know, they're in the bottom five or six of the league. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a brain surgeon. It's the Dolphins, um, uh, the Redskins, the Jets, um, maybe the Cardinals. Um, you know, it's your uh, the Cincinnati's. Uh, it's the usual suspects. Yeah, they've scored 33 I, points I'm going to put it this way. If this is a ball game late in the third quarter, I'm going to be disappointed. I mean, I'm just saying. If it's, You're not normal, the one who says this. But but this team is not. You just told me they scored 33 points. I mean, if if this game, like, let's say with four minutes ago in the third quarter is 17-13 Eagles, that, that's just, to me, not good. Right. You know, this is the kind of week where you got to come out and just do what you do. And I'm not saying that means you win 48-8. to eight. I don't mean that. But I'm just saying is you in the fourth quarter – Merle Reese shouldn't be sitting there kind of sweating putting some drama into it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the, against New England, they had two defensive scores, uh, one a fumble recovery in the end zone, and then yeah. Jamal Adams with an interception return for a touchdown. So they've only scored one hey, you know what offensive you do this touchdown. Week? You know what you do this week if you want to? You put 
little bit of money, just a little bit. Play a parlay. Play the Eagles and the, and the uh, New Englands to both win by more than two touchdowns. You know, and, you know, see if you cash a parlay. And the importance for the Eagles, obviously, with the next three on the road. I mean, they, they're not losing this game. No, no. Yeah, but I'm just but, saying. But the, you talk about getting momentum. You don't want to get anybody hurt. No, you want to get some momentum going, too. There's no momentum. Kevin, they're not losing this game. If they lose this game, the season is over. If you cannot beat the Jets at home, just go home. It, it doesn't matter, okay? It's You want to come out of this game, you don't want three more players limping off. Yep. Preferably defensive backs. But you have to be relatively healthy, as healthy as you can be, going into this three-game stretch because, first of all, you're playing some physical teams. I mean, the Vikings play pretty physical, right? Dallas is physical. Dallas and Buffalo. I mean, it's physical. So you're probably going to take some, you know, and I don't know when Deshaun's coming back or how effective Deshaun's going to be, but Jeffrey made a big difference last week. Big difference. Even at 60%, 70%, It made a huge difference. And they ran the ball, which I don't, well, forget the Jets. Can they run it against the Vikings? Can they run it against Dallas? Can they run? Can they run against anybody when it's a big game? Um, but and I think a big part of this going forward, especially if if um, Jackson isn't all there, is Goddard. Mm-hmm. I think Goddard can be so huge in all this because you know Ertz obviously is great. Jeffrey, I mean, we we tend to forget this, but two years ago when they signed him, he was the preeminent free agent wide receiver, and I don't think anybody thinks of him like that for whatever reason. We think he's good, but we don't think that this was the guy two years ago that the in the wide receiver position everybody wanted. And he's and he means so much. And and Wentz, you know, Wentz didn't play great against Green Bay, but he didn't have to. No. Because the running and he game, doesn't and you're right, he doesn't have to this week. And he had the two key turnovers. Um yeah. I mean, this is just a game. It's one of those games you have it's like it's gonna be like when they play the Dolphins later in the year. You know. And the Dolphins probably even more, but you're not going to lose. You can't lose. The Dolphins are going to win one or two games this year if they're lucky. The Jets might win four or five if Darno comes back. And, you know, I don't know what their schedule's like. I know they had a tough schedule, but no, you can't. No, this this will not. This is not like Detroit where you can say, hey, Detroit's not really that good, but they had Stafford. They, they ran a kickoff back. They did. No, 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 no. No, I want to watch post game live with Michael <laughs> if they lose this game. I want, I want. It'll be, it'll be the best post game live ever. Would you agree? I would agree. <laughs> we have to get Michael on. We should get, We can get Michael on probably. Uh, next three weeks for the Jets at Philly, Dallas, yeah, at home, yeah. New England at home. Yeah, on they, they, night. their schedule even is before, brutal. Even before the year, I remember people saying, "See, this is where I have a weird time." The NFL. Supposedly, the teams that finish first get the harder schedules. Yeah, you get the play. And the that- team that finishes that aren't that isn't so good. Well, what did the Jets do to deserve like this? And then there was some team. Is it New England? It's just a crossover. I think the division the, crossover. Well, yeah, and and you got to remember, in, the, in like New England is going to get the Jets twice, the the uh, Dolphins twice, and even the Bills twice. I mean, the Bills aren't considered an elite team. You know, they're they're so they have those six building games. But look, the Eagles and Cowboys have the Giants and Redskins built in. I yeah. know the Giants look to be a little bit better now, but still, the Redskins stink. How many, how many games are the Redskins going to win this year? Seriously. You know, I was just looking that up. They're, they get new, They get Miami next week. 
Okay, so they should, well, you know what? Where's that game at? In Miami. What do you think the line on that game will be? <laughs> go go right to Gamblers Anonymous. That'll be the line. If you're betting that game, oh somebody's right. oh somebody's going to bet it. Oh, I know somebody, somebody's going to bet it. Would you say Washington three or four laying? Does that sound about right? Yeah. By the way, it sounds like Colt McCoy will start against the uh, Patriots. Yeah. Well, the kid they drafted. And here's the funny thing about I I love this. And look, I don't know what Jones is going to be five years from now. What the kid from Ohio State is going to be five Haskins. years? I have no idea. But here you go. So Washington, the Giants take flack for taking Jones at six. Mm-hmm. He's starting, and he looks. He doesn't look great, but he looks okay. And, you know, he had he had a good debut. Whatever they've won two games now. Tampa missed a field goal. I get it. Washington takes Haskins, and everybody agrees. While Washington got the, he can't even get on the field. Now, I don't know what that means two years from now or, or later this year, but I'm just saying, isn't that weird that when everybody says a guy is better than this guy, but this guy's playing yeah. and that guy can't play ahead of Colt McCoy? And I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not down there. I'm not, I'm not Gruden's you, brother. I don't. You were talking about how many games the Redskins can, play, uh, can win. Yeah. I'll give you the rest of their schedule. Patriots, give me a win-loss. Oh, well, that's a loss. Dolphins? Well, although up, goofy upsets do happen. I'm, but, yeah. Well, uh, Dolphins. I'll give him a win. Okay. 49ers. Where? Home. They could win that, but I'll still say 49ers. At Vikings. Nah. At Bills. Probably not. Jets at home. Yeah, they could maybe win that. Lions at home. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but they, they probably won't be favored. At Carolina? Probably not. At the Packers? Nah. In In December? Yeah. Eagles at home? No. Giants at home? Perhaps. I'm not going to say that's... They finish the season at Dallas. They could win like three or four. They're going to win a game or two yeah. that you're going to sit there and go, how the hell did that happen? Because that's the nature of the beast. And they'll probably lose a game or two. Like well, maybe, no, <laughs> like, no, but maybe the, maybe the Dolphins. I mean, maybe they'll lose that game. And, and that then, game could be for the number one pick. I still, I still think the Dolphins are going to, I mean, I find it hard to believe because they're trying to tank. Well, the Redskins aren't trying to tank. They, they, they just they just aren't that good. But, but that pick could be, if if somehow Miami wins that, Miami may be endangering the number one pick. Um, Yeah, but I mean, so, so you get the number two pick. Really? Like, like I'm not getting Tua. I'm going to be upset. You, you're going to tell me right this minute that Tua is the number one pick. How can you say that? I would say I've that's what fi- Miami's I've been seen, trying to but get. But I've seen 15 mock drafts, and uh, Tua is not the number one pick in any of them. So he, or Justin Herbert. Some of them didn't even have the, him going as the first quarterback. So I don't, All I know is if you give me the second pick, I'll be okay with you. Do you think Tua is going to be a good NFL quarterback? I don't know. I, I, don't, every, I mean, look, let, let's look at it this way. This is what I love about sports. So coming into the season, I heard somebody go on one of the talking heads on ESPN, and, and I'm a talking head too. So I, yeah. telling me it was oh, it was Will Bomb who said that that the guy at Clemson was the Trevor best Lawrence. quarterback he like that, to ever come along at that stage in his career. Okay, I didn't necessarily agree, but okay, fine. This year he's not even playing that well. Now that doesn't mean he's going to be a, a bad NFL quarterback. Doesn't mean. Jalen Hurts, I look at Jalen Hurts, I don't see an NFL quarterback per se, 
But everybody now saying to me, hey, Jalen Hurts could be. We didn't see that with Kyler Murray last year. Well, you didn't see it with Kyler Murray. You didn't see it with the guy from Louisville. Um, The NFL is changing now. Um, It's not necessarily the guy guy from Oregon who's going to, the Carson Wentz type guy. Who's going going to drop back. But I I don't know. I mean, Tua is certainly, he's not real big, but you don't have to be real big now. And again, what team do you go to? Like, a lot of this has to... I mean, the guy at the Cardinals is in a great situation. Yeah, yes. Because that coach wants him and Just wants to coach him. Yep. So let's say he goes to the Dolphins, too. Let's say, for the sake of argument, two, he gets drafted at one. Goes to the Dolphins. Well, they're going to stink for a couple of years. I mean, we saw this with Jamie, Jamis Winston a little bit. We saw... I mean, not as much, but even Mar- Mariota a little bit. Who you go to... I, like, Wentz coming here, I think, was great for him. Goff going to L.A. was not great until they changed the coaches. Yeah. Then it became great. So... Like who's the coach in in, in Miami going to be? Who's who's their coach now? I, I don't. Need, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, the Brian of uh, the guy who was the defense coordinator. For the this is his first year. year. This is his first year. Okay, so he's probably going to be there next year, maybe even the year after that because they know they're going to stink, you know. And all. But a lot of it, I, I, I'm convinced it's it's like when you come out, like you know, like what would have happened if um if Brady had gone to the Vikings. That's a good. Great I don't question. know. I, or Joe Montana had not going gone to Bill Walsh. Um, ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh was like a perfect fit. Yeah, it was for what they wanted to do. So, you know, and and you like to think a great player is going to be great wherever they go. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's always the case. Um, isn't there another good quarterback too? I'm thinking. Um, I guess Jalen Hurts to. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts might win the Heisman. Yeah, he may. Um, the Clemson right. quarterback ain't winning Heisman. He's not, but that's and that's okay. He might win another national championship. Uh, well, according to which of a call, he may not make the uh, playoff this year, according to uh, Feinbaum. Well, who are they going to lose to? No, he says they could run the table and not get in because he thinks no, 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 no. I love Feinbaum. He's great. The defending national champion is not going 13-0 and winning the Atlantic Coast Conference and not – I don't care if they win four games you know by who, three points. You know who he's got in. He's got three SEC teams. Two. What, and, and I'll give two SEC teams. But Clemson, he's, also got, he's also got Oklahoma and Ohio State. I will tell you right now, I'll bet everything I own that if Clemson I don't goes, agree. I don't agree with him on this, now, by the way. if Ohio State goes unbeaten – Oklahoma, and that's a lot of assumptions here. They all go unbeaten, and Georgia's got a loss. Somebody's going to have to have a loss, Georgia or Alabama. Yeah. That team would not get in. Yeah. And I don't care what he thinks about the SEC. I agree the SEC is the best league. I'm not, but there is no way the defending national champs who have won two of the last four titles and beat Bama by 30 in the game is not getting in because they almost lost at North Carolina. Because Ohio State will almost lose a game somewhere. Oklahoma will almost lose a game somewhere. Alabama will almost lose a game somewhere. It happens every year. There is he's saying that for a hot take that, that because he he wants and he may believe that. It's only your boy Greeny. He he may believe that. I'm not saying he doesn't believe that, but because one of those SEC teams would have a loss. And once you put an SEC team in with one loss over a unbeaten Oh, it's a hornet's nest. It was my argument with Utah. It's a hornet's nest. It was my argument. If Utah went 13-0, mm-hmm. you'd be almost impossible to keep them out because once you keep them out for a one-loss team, then you've destroyed the system. Yep. You've said to them, your league don't matter. It, and I get it. You're trying to come up with the four best. And this is why they're probably going to go to eight at some point. 
but I might think Georgia's better than Clemson. But <laughs> um, why'd you have to tell me? All that? right. Um, two final things before we get out of here. One, do you want to give a 30-second Flyers preview for the season since they do start tomorrow? No, this is my thought on the Flyers. I care about one thing. That they're going to make the playoffs. Everywhere Vigneault goes, they make the playoffs the first. I have no doubt, and I may come to eat though, but they're going to make the playoffs. What they do when they get there. I only care about one thing is the goalie. goalie. And I know there's other parts to goalie it. Goalie has to improve this. I care about yes. the younger play. You know, I want Provorov to get better. I want Gatsaspear not to stink. Um, but the goalie is because if the goalie gives you hope, that's all you want. You, you want the, the goalie hope. I'm going to try to get Jason Martinez or Coatsy on here at some point in the next couple of weeks. So sure. We talk some flyers. And finally, all right. But to be realistic, nobody will care about the flyers until, un- January. until the Eagles season is over. Yeah. Okay. Just okay. so we, we understand that. I understand. All right. Final point. Prediction. Gabe Kapler. Matt Clintac, and McPhail, what we started with. I, I think Clintac and McPhail are here, unless they try to pull a coup, and I don't know this. The fact that it's taken this long kind of leads me to, to, to wonder now, but I still think he's gone. I, I, I just, you can't have Joe Madden, all these guys floating out there. And say we're bringing back. But you know what? Maybe he goes and talks to Bryce Harper. And Bryce, you just gave Bryce Harper 330. And Bryce says, you know what, John? I think this guy's give him a chance. Give him next year. Now, you are having a lame duck guy if that's mm-hmm. what you do. And then the problem is if in May you're, you're treading water. But they've always started strong under him. It's been the finishes that have. And then we don't know what they're going to add in the offseason. But I'd say right now, I think it's about 50-50. And I, you know me, I'm not down there. You're down there a lot more than I am. I'm gonna go on a limb. I think all three go. I don't. I don't think I, so. I think the longer this goes, I think that shows the friction in the organization. And I think at some point John Millen's gonna say, "You know what? I can't bring Kapler back. You don't like it. See you later." I, I just think that's a that's a lot to do, and then you're, you're starting from scratch again. And you're not starting from total scratch because you have a better, but you are, core. but you're, but you're starting because now you have to hire a general manager before you hire a manager. Now you could be hiring a manager three weeks from now, four weeks from now. I just think that's not a good look. Uh, and I think John Middleton's into how things look. So I think if anything happens, I think, but they could try to throw a coup. I don't know this. I don't know Matt Klintak. You know, he's, if I was mad, I would just say, hey, I, I like Gabe, but you're the owner. If you don't think Gabe, you know, okay, whatever. We'll work with another guy. Um, I, I just find it hard to believe he's That would gonna, be an overcalculation overcalc- if he if he risks his own job on Gabe. But that's what Matt was kind of insinuating. Yeah. So, and Matt certainly knows more about it than I do. Yeah. Um, I, I think Gabe could be, but, you know, now it wouldn't shock me. And John, and who was the guy that wrote this? Uh, Nightingale wrote this like three months ago. You know, he's coming back regardless. Um, I just now think- it wouldn't shock me. Like if if they held a press conference and said, you know, we, we've thought about it. We, we looked at it from every different angle. I talked to the players. And I'm, I'm convinced now, more convinced now than ever that Gabe Kapler's my guy. Now, we in the media might all go, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, can you imagine Angelo the next day? 
Think about that. And that's not what John Middleton, but you bring up a good point a lot that public relations wise, it would be a disaster. And But once again, it doesn't matter if they're 19 and 10 in May. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I think Gabe's not the guy. It doesn't matter if I think Brett Brown's not the guy. If the Sixers are 40 and 18, what'll matter is if they don't, if they can't get through the second round of the playoffs, then we might think Brett Brown ain't the guy. But I, I understand that. I also live by this philosophy that if you if you have to think about it, then you pretty much should make up your mind. He should have his mind made up on by Sunday. The mind if should you have, have been to made think up about whether you should keep this guy. Then that pretty much tells you um, that you know he's not he's not the guy you you need. But that's I, me. I, I mean, all I know is before they played the Marlins, before that series started, that final series, that's when he should have been. But maybe he didn't want to disrupt. Maybe we, we joked about last Thursday that you know would would have. I thought they may have done it on the way home from Washington during the Eagles game, so no. they could have buried it. No, they're not burying that, Kevin. <laughs> you know, the Phillies manager getting fired is not getting buried. This is not like Temple football losing their offensive coordinator. No, God, no. This is not this. You don't bury this story. What they're doing now is at some point people are going to start making jokes about it, and then you're going to get like the tweeters who will say, "Well, why are you even debating this? Yeah, he's under contract for that," right. and they have a point. I mean, I'm not saying they're totally idiots, but this whole thing is bizarre. It's just, it's, it's just, but I don't like bizarre. I don't like it when my teams are bizarre. No, we've seen the Flyers do bizarre stuff, and it just doesn't look right. It, you know, so I don't know. I, I'm just gonna sit here like a, a normal, and, and when they make a decision, they'll make a decision, and then we'll talk about it and we'll digest it, and, um, and we'll see you next week. Um, Probably Monday or Monday or Tuesday know. night. We'll figure it out. And then next week with the uh, pick show on Thursday. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, ma'am. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for all your support, too. This has been Working the Beat. Have a great weekend, everybody. Well, you went uptown mining in your limousine.